Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, my friends. Welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truths. So glad to introduce to you another postcard of the day. This one from Albany, New York. And this is from our listener, Sharon McDonald. So Sharon, thank you for sharing this, no pun intended. Um, I love the note that you gave me. Sharon actually uh, and I have never met, but she has a niece who attends a church where I preached in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And her niece told her aunt in New York about the podcast. And Sharon, you've been listening. So thanks for that. Albany's not too far from where I grew up in northwestern Connecticut. And that's some of the most beautiful country in the world up there. If you go through the Catskill Mountains, you go up uh, Interstate 87 or some of the uh, right along the, the Hudson River. Just beautiful, beautiful country. So thank you, Sharon, for that. Appreciate it. We are in Mark chapter 13, introducing today a sermon by the Lord called the Olivet Discourse. That's what we call it. Uh, Jesus is answering a question that four of his disciples have posed. Uh, Peter, Andrew, James, John, and Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, in that order, uh, asked this question. Remember that the topic that's on their mind is the temple. And they've been commenting, or at least heard the comment by another disciple about how beautiful the temple is and how structured and, and strong it is. And Jesus said, don't be impressed by the temple. One day this temple will be destroyed. Stone will not be left upon stone. Destruction is coming. And all of this has kind of prompted this question in the hearts of these men. Like, okay, well, tell us what what is going to happen. Uh, what does the future hold? You talked about the temple and, and its destruction. And we know that Messiah one day will rule and reign. That's the implication. What, when is all this going to happen? How is this going to be fulfilled? Is there any indication that comes along the way that will give us a clue about fulfillment? That's a sign. So Jesus answers these questions in the following words. Now, we're not going to get to all of it today, uh, but it's important that we see that prophecy in the Bible has a purpose. And much of the New Testament deals with events that have not yet happened. And anytime the Lord talks about our future, things like the rapture, things like the second coming, things like the tribulation, things like the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, things like the great white throne judgment of God or the new heavens and the new earth, whatever God tells us about the future, he doesn't tell us those things necessarily to satisfy our curiosity because there's a million other things I want to know about the future. Uh, and God doesn't tell us things just to tell us things. But when we can have confidence that God knows and is in charge of the future, then that's going to give us great confidence in kind of the murkiness sometimes in which we walk today. 
some of the instability that characterizes our world today, we can be stabilized in that. Why? Because we know the end from the beginning. We know the last chapter of the book. And that's why Jesus introduces themes like these. So look at verse number, well, look at verse number four, just to put us in context, where the disciples here say, tell us, when shall these things be? That's question number one. Number two, what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? So when and what sign? And here's the answer that Jesus gives in verse number five. And Jesus answering them began to say, take heed lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. So Jesus began by saying, well, before ultimate victory comes, before I, Messiah, Christ, comes in the sense of coming in victory and in power and in leadership and in kingship, there will still come some false messiahs. There will come some antichrists. And we find that throughout the New Testament, especially in books like 1 John, where John warns about the spirit of antichrist and people uh, people that are other than Christ, uh, people that are imposters, that promise peace, that promise what only Jesus can bring. And is that not true to a degree of all kings and all politicians? Because almost all kings and politicians have to run on the ticket of, hey, elect me and things will be better. Things will be better. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring stability. I'm going to bring success. I'm going to bring happiness. And ultimately, what have we seen in 2,000 years since Jesus left? We've seen a world characterized by war, by sorrow, by uh, instability. And so in many senses, we've seen this fulfilled, haven't we? Look at verse number seven, when he goes on, expands what he says and says, and when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. So, Don't think that just because bad times come, and even bad times that exist between nations, uh, and even potential of wars and skirmishes and battles, don't, don't think that every bad thing that comes or every time a nation is fighting against a nation that this must be. No, the Bible says there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars. You're going to read bad headlines for a long time, but all of these things must necessarily take place before the end shall come. So think about it. Jesus is describing a period of time after his ascension and before his return. And in that period of time after his ascension and before his return, the Bible says there's going to be some spiritual shenanigans. There are going to be people that are imposters religiously. There are going to be, uh, there's going to be a season of wars and rumors of wars. And if you study history, I mean, human history, if you study history over the past 2,000 years, you know what you're going to study? You're going to study wars. You're going to study rumors of wars. 
because that is what makes history. You're going to read about things. You think about American history. What do you think about? Revolutionary War, War of 1812, Civil War. Uh, you're going to think about the Spanish-American War. You're going to think about World War I. You're going to think about World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. Uh, you're going to think about Desert Storm. You're going to think of, I mean, you just wars, 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 wars. And if there wasn't a war, we were, we, we were thinking about war. We're, we might get into war. Uh, are we going to, are we going to fight with Russia? Are we going to fight with China? Are we going to, all of that has been going on. Now, if that's our history in America in just 250 years, I mean, look at the last 2000 years, Jesus is making a prediction here about these end days. And wow, has that prediction be, been true or what? Look at verse number seven again, when she, when you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled. Don't let that upset you. Even though the news media loves to sell newspapers, love to sell internet time uh, on bad news and, oh, be afraid. Don't, don't be troubled. Uh, these things must needs be. This is all part of God's allowed plan. The end shall not yet be. Look at verse number eight. For nation shall rise against nation. We've seen that. You name the nation, name the conflict. We have nation against nation, the allied forces against the Axis forces. You can go back throughout history, the last 2,000 years. That's what we've seen. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. <laughs> Think about it. When Jesus said this, they were enjoying the what was called the Pax Romana, the, the Roman peace. Rome was the kingdom of the world. Rome dominated the world. And yet Jesus said, this is going to end. There's going to be the recurrence of nations rising against nations and kingdoms that will rise in power against kingdoms. All of this is predictive. So nations and kingdoms, the Bible says there shall be earthquakes in diverse places in different places around the world. We've seen that historically and even presently. There shall be famines and troubles, and there and these are the beginnings of sorrows. And what the Bible uses that that term "beginnings of sorrows," that's a, a metaphoric term that refers to a woman's labor pains when she begins to feel that first season of labor. Maybe that those false labor pains, or when the labor pains aren't yet intense, but they're just starting to begin. And we know, wow, we're getting close now. Honey, you better make sure that bag is packed for the hospital now. Better make sure that we're paying attention now. Better not get on an airplane flight now, right? The beginning of sorrows. So that that's the point. The point is that all of these things will happen. And as all of these things are happening, we're going to realize, okay, the time is getting closer. So we have the benefit of retrospect. Now, we can now look back at 2,000 years after Jesus has uttered this, and we could say, oh, we've seen nation rise against nation. We've seen kingdom against kingdom. We've seen the proliferation of earthquakes and the kinds of troubles that are listed here in this passage. And we can see that everything that Jesus said is abundantly true, abundantly clear. And certainly we can say that we're seeing the beginning of sorrows, aren't we? And Jesus is answering the question. 
the disciples had asked, when, what sign? He's answering those questions, isn't he? Look at verse number nine. So in in light of all of this, in light of these situations that we can't control, I mean, I can't control nations rising against nations. I'm just a pawn in this big world scheme where kingdoms are against kingdoms. And how can I control an earthquake, right? So what should I do? It seems as if I'm powerless as a believer. Well, the Bible says in verse number nine, but take heed to yourselves. Oh, so there is a personal responsibility and accountability that believers have during these tumultuous times. Look at verse number nine again. Take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues, ye shall be beaten. Ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. So not only will will there be these these economic geopolitical issues like the nations and the kingdoms, but there will also be these physical catastrophic issues like earthquakes. And then there will also be persecution directed against believers where believers themselves will be in persecution because of their faith, will be called into courtrooms, will be called to stand before legislative powers will be tried and even martyred uh, for their faith, uh, both in the Jewish sphere, he mentions synagogues, but even among Gentile believers around the world uh, is the implication of verses 9 and 10. And the, because the Bible says in verse 10 that the gospel must first be preached to all nations. So whatever the end will be, will not take place. Remember the disciples said, what sign, what sign? Well, one of the signs, one of the indications that the end will have come is when the gospel will have circumnavigated the world. So that couldn't have happened in just 40 years because some of what Jesus says in Mark 13 was fulfilled in the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. But not all of it was fulfilled because the gospel wasn't preached to all nations by then. And certainly there are elements of what Jesus said that could not have taken place in just one generation. So like with many prophecies in the Bible, we see some immediate fulfillment, some early fulfillment, some first fruits fulfillment, and then we see a long period of time. And then the gleanings of that fulfillment in the end days. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we wade deeper into the passage. But alas, uh, we are out of time for today. So I'm going to quit right there in verse number 10. And we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more about this next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. Appreciate your faithfulness. Hope you'll come back. Until then, have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.